All right. So uh, we're back to just you and me, and it'll be nevertheless entertaining. But the last episode, it was pretty cool having Dean Cameron on here. Uh, that and, was um, really, really fun. Yeah. It, it was. And it was uh, kind of like... I don't like I, I told my son, like, on the one hand, it was like it, it he became, you know, just a regular guy pretty quick, you know, and mm-hmm. like I part of that is probably just the stuff that we were talking about that you didn't have to be a celebrity to talk about. But then there is that part where, you know, he's talking about having lunch with the guys from or having dinner with the guys from it's all always sunny in Philadelphia, you know, and it's just like that's who you're having dinner with <laughs> you know and just like and just like oh yeah i was having dinner with danny devito and he's like oh yeah of course no that's no thing right right um, talking about their actors and but he right he was really he was really cool it was like yeah. hanging out with our friends so yeah it, it really it, that's what i was hoping it would be like was just adding like another cool guy to talk to and he had he had things to say he was funny he you know he had feedback on the topics that we chose and uh it was good um so the way you know the previous episode i had just kind of mentioned at the end that it would be cool to get dean cameron and you know i say a lot of things on here that i don't know if we're necessarily going to be able to do but i just figured you know yeah well you know what 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 could it hurt trying to get dean cameron on here so i sent an email to uh his agent which is just on his website and then like the next day his agent writes back and it's like yeah dean's interested he'll email you and then just like a few minutes after that dean emails me and he's like yeah let's do it and you know we went back and forth with a few emails to iron out a spot and uh a time and you know all of that stuff and I, it was just surprising how easy it was to get him to agree to do it, you know, because um, he doesn't know us and he doesn't know the podcast. And, you know, it's not like we're a pop culture phenomenon or anything. So right, right. he has and no I reason mean, to do it other than just being a cool guy. And uh, in the days of like social media and whatever, he could have been walking into some fucking trick or something right yeah yeah oh i didn't even think of that like Mm -hmm. well i mean i guess he had you know we had 41 episodes before that that he could have listened to and we were with it and but um yeah i mean you know it could have very easily been you know a gotcha type thing where we just wanted to get him on there to you know cause him problems or whatever Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. We, we had talked about having a, having a guest for a while and, uh, I didn't think that Dean Cameron was going to be our first guest, but I'm, I'm very grateful that he did it and he showed why, why he's such a cool guy. Um, and at the end of, at the end of our conversation, we talked about, um, the movie that he wrote called Hollywood Palms he, with, uh, Patrick Laberto. Mm-hmm. And, and you watched, watched it, right? It. Yeah. I watched it, uh, like the night after or something. And it's, uh, it's him. Uh, Patrick Laberto is, is kind of the main guy. Uh, but Dean Cameron plays a quite interesting character 
who is living <laughs> this was this was quite interesting to me his character is living with his ex-wife they they're divorced but they're still living together and his ex-wife is elizabeth mitchell who is one of my favorites she's awesome you 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 might not recognize the name but i'm sure you've probably seen her and stuff um and her date in the movie is judge reinhold who you know that's a that's an 80s throwback name i don't know i don't even know what i know judge reinhold from except that uh was that he did that that uh switching bodies movie with uh vice versa vice versa yeah Yeah. um he was in 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 a bunch of movies um yeah uh, i I can't think of them off the top of my head for some reason oh i can't oh yeah 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 Yeah, that's right times at ridgemont high yeah Um, all right well all right. Well, we, let, let's get Judge Reinhold on. I know, here. right? <laughs> he, but he was one of those guys that just showed up in everything in like the late '80s, early '90s. Like Judge Reinhold was everywhere. Right. It seemed like, like in in every movie I watch, oh, there's there's Judge Reinhold. Um, but yeah, he was in it. Um, and then Eric Stoltz shows up as, in a cameo about where he's playing himself. <laughs> and he he actually delivers the line saying and he, the line is something like, "Oh, I I do cameos in all sorts of small movies." <laughs> it was just like, "Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing here—a cameo in a small movie." But um, it it was really good. I really liked it. It was the kind of movie. It was exactly what I expected it to be. It's it's the kind of movie like if you read the description, if you see the the poster for it, and you read the description you have at least i have this mental picture of what it's going to be and then mm-hmm. it it it, ex- it was exactly what i expected it to be and um and it was i, I liked it a lot it, i was really glad that i watched it what would you what would you classify it as like genre wise it's a comedy but it's it's one of those um okay. kind of ensemble things where there's like you know, four or five different stories going on. It's all about all these people that live in an apartment building, um, in this like two story apartment building called, called Hollywood Palms. And it just follows their different stories. Um, and you know, Patrick Laberto is, is the building manager and he was a child actor and he's dealing with people still recognizing him as a child actor and trying to be, a uh, an adult actor and like, going through that. Um, and then, you know, Dean Cameron's living with his ex-wife and dealing with her dating another guy. And then there's a storyline where, um, this, this woman is a hooker who is, has a client in her bedroom and it follows them and all the stuff they're doing. And her roommate has a drunk guy show up at her door and they, they are going back and forth in dialogue and Dean mentioned it was a very wordy movie and very like a lot of dialogue dependent and like not, not a ton happens, but um, it's a fun movie to watch and it's, it's available on YouTube and Dean gave his blessing for us to watch it on YouTube. So Hollywood Palms is the name of it. If you can, if you can find it, it's worth checking out. 
it um there was a movie like in the late 90s i don't remember the name of it but the i the the storyline behind it was this guy gets stuck in an elevator this this like college kid gets stuck in an elevator and he kisses this girl in the elevator but somehow he didn't look at her face or something and then he has to like go through the rest of the movie like trying to find who this girl is because the the power goes out in the elevator so he like didn't see her or something does this sound familiar to you absolutely not was it a theatrical release or cable i I, i didn't i didn't see it in the theater i saw it you know on some pay channel but it was like a teenage movie like a, it might have been called a hundred girls or something like that, or a hundred and one girls or something. Um, but it, it was very reminiscent of that, like just the kind of idea that, like you know, it's 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 a whole bunch of characters, and you're getting um, just a whole bunch of different interesting stories that, you know, it doesn't focus on, it doesn't focus a lot on any s- specific. Um, yeah, a hundred girls. That's the name of it. Um, yeah, that, that's for sure the name of it. Um, I don't know anybody who's in the movie looking, oh, Catherine Heigl was in the movie, Jamie Presley. So there were, there were people in it, but, um, it was very reminiscent when I was watching it. That's the movie that it reminded me of. And it was made around the same time that was in 2000. And I think Hollywood Palms was like, I don't know, 2000 or 2001 or something. So, um, similar. So check it out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, um, well, looking it up right now. And um, quite a few people in it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a big cast. And, um, you know, Dean mentioned some of the ratings that it had when he was on. And, you know, some people like it. Some people hate it. You're going to get that with any movie, but especially, you know, something like this where it really just kind of tells the the story of one night in this apartment building essentially and uh definitely enjoyable to watch um all right so we might have talked about this before but i was we've been devouring apricots lately okay okay and which, yeah, like not something you're <laughs> probably not what you were expecting me to say, but like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's better than what I'm devouring, which is like pizza and chips and just <laughs> sh- shit yeah. And food. So, yeah, but like, this is the time of year that like apricots and cherries, like I've, I've, my kids have been eating them as fast as I buy them, essentially, like you know, I can fill, I can get a couple bags of them, put them in my refrigerator and they will just endlessly go to the refrigerator to grab an apricot and grab some cherries and just eat them like crazy. Yeah. I don't, I've, um, I've had fresh apricots. It's been a while though. I mean, a lot of my apricot consumption is via dried apricots yeah um dried are really good yeah yeah but like you know i i've i go crazy for them every year in the past like six or seven years it's been like an event around this i i part of the reason 
and this is what I actually wanted to mention is that like you can't get apricots year round and you can't really get cherries year round. And it's, it's really kind of rare in this, in, I sound like an old man, but in this day and age to like have to wait for something. Right. You know, like we get strawberries all the time. We get bananas all the time. Berries but are like, year round apple. Right. right. Yeah. But like for some reason you can really only get apricots in, in the spring and maybe the early summer and the same with cherries. Like at some point apricots and cherries, like in, in, you know, June or July are going to go away and you're not going to see them again until the next May. So, so where are they grown usually? Yeah, that's, I, I should have done, if I, if, if this was the kind of show where I did research, <laughs> I would have come prepared, but instead I just like to bring, bring things up and then say, we'll check on that and get back oh, yeah. to you. And then we never get back to you. We can figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Like why, why aren't they available all year? You know? And, um, there's a place near here where we go to pick cherries every year. And it, it should be just about time to harvest cherries. Like it's a you pick apple place, but they have all these other fruits and vegetables. And it should be just about time to go pick cherries. And cherry picking. Yeah, cherry picking. Yep. Yeah. And like literally just, you know, they're on a tree and you just, you know, load up some bags with cherries. It's pretty awesome. Cherry but picker is an, uh, is an insult, isn't it? You're a cherry picker or is I don't know. that in like, what does it mean? like in like basketball, right? Call or maybe I'm fucking getting this mixed up with something else. I don't know. I thought <laughs> cherry, no, like, like cherry picker isn't like derogatory. I just rem- remember cherry picking being, I could have sworn it was used in basketball. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I like because I well, mean, I mean, we're all hoops over here, right? I mean, we're, <laughs> <laughs> you watch one damn documentary about I, the Bulls. I know. And all <laughs> <NBA book>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bri- I mean, Brian don't you think? Yeah, I, I just remember um, when I worked at the grocery store. You know that that. Uh, like I don't know, like scissor lift or whatever that like went way up into the air. Like people were, were oh yeah, that cherry pick, yeah. But one like, of those fell on Adam back in college. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and like broke his nose or something, right? Well, I yeah yeah, it broke his nose. It broke his right. Ra- I'm doing homework in the room, and and he walks in like he went. F- 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> yeah. He's really lucky that, like, I, if somebody told me that, that he's alive fell on them, I'd be yeah. like, RIP, like, you're, you're dead. Right. Right. So the fact that you didn't die from that or that he didn't die from that is, uh, you know, dumb luck, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So, but, you know, just the seasonality of apricots and cherries. And I think it makes me, that might be why we go so wild for them at this time of year, because it, it feels like, you know, you just have to shove as many of them into your mouth as you can 
because whatever you don't get by like June 15th or whatever, you're going to have to wait 11 more months before you get any. Right. So, so they're pretty small. So how, how many apricots per day is too much? Per person? Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I, so the, the kids weren't over, the kids weren't at my house today, but I alone ate probably 10 of them. And, and the, uh, do you and, have a, do you have a brief on or diaper? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you going to shit your pants with like a 10 apricots? No, no, no? no, I mean, I, I, but like, I, I'm also kind of in a phase where I'm, I'm just eating stuff like that. So that, I mean, no, it, it's not anything like that, but. Okay. They're, they're like so small. Peaches or apples or whatever. No, no. Because like, okay. you know, even even my daughter who's nine will be like, I want an apricot and she'll go in and grab two or three, you know? So they're, they're not huge things. You know, they're about, you know, the size of a golf ball maybe, and they have a pit in them. So once you take the pit out, they're a little bit smaller, but, um, yeah, they're, they're just so good. And so springy, you know, I, and I've mentioned before how, you know, I have summer songs and, you know, black hole sun, I only listen to in the summer. And, right. um, so I think it's probably just one of those things that I associate with spring. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to devour that, you know? And in a day like today when it's, you know, 84 degrees or whatever and sunny and, you know, spend some time at the beach and it's just like, okay, we're going to, we're going to eat some apricots today. This is the, this is the day that apricots were made for, you know? So, um, but cherries are the same way, you know, because they, they're kind of the same, the same season. And it just, it, it just, it kind of makes me happy that they're not available a lot, you know, where we actually have to wait for them. Right. But, Cause there aren't that many things like in a grocery store that you have to wait for. Like the other thing I could think of is like, you know, holiday things. Like some people go crazy for like cranberry. Um, is it cranberry Sprite or cranberry seven up or something? Or, yeah. Uh, around Thanksgiving. Sierra mist. Cranberry right, yeah. Sierra mist. I used to work with this lady years ago. Okay, like back in back when I was in grad school, actually, I worked at this uh, school, and the complaining that this lady she was like legit pissed that the cranberry Sierra Miss wasn't out yet, and and I, I couldn't understand it. I I. Just I just listened to her. I was like, "Oh, okay, you're no, they're maybe they're backed up in production. I don't know, but can't you just fucking take cranberry juice and Sprite and mix them? I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, like is Aren't that they, like she was pissed at like yeah. kind of road rage pissed, and I it was <laughs> uh, it was baffling. So. Yeah. Well, I so like when I think about 
Christmas, we uh, as uh, kids used to get um, the inner inner stockings. We used to get uh, oranges and apples, and oh. and I um, later on learned that that's um, uh, that was a a a tradition that my dad kept up from his family because they grew up in the East Coast and know to have an orange at christmas was a big fucking deal because they didn't have right. they weren't readily out so yeah yeah so i mean yeah, but, i mean no now citrus is year round i kind of associate oranges with with winter more than summer actually and it's yeah probably the opposite really yeah i mean i'm i'm definitely that way with grapefruit because i i know that like you know once january comes it's grapefruit season and you you start seeing right. these like you know 10 pound bags of grapefruit for like 3.99 or whatever and you know grapefruit well, will be all i'll eat for a month you know right uh this is a, a mystery what the hell happened to uh white grapefruit Oh man, I, I Ruby Red just took it over, man. Yeah, I mean, we would when uh, we were kids, it was white grapefruit, and uh, and then uh, Ruby Red was the unicorn, sort of. Yeah. Right. Now, white is so rare. I don't yeah, know. I can't even remember the last time that I saw white grapefruit. It's been a long time. I, I, one of my, one of my favorite things is that my kids like grapefruit, which is not like a kid thing to like, you know, it's so bitter. And so like, it's a very specific taste, but mm -hmm. I'm so happy that like, I got my kids into grapefruit early. So they're all about the grapefruit because it's good. I never had grapefruit when I was a kid. I probably didn't have grapefruit till I was like 20 or something, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's quite a, like, it's not like an orange, like everybody likes an orange. But like a grapefruit, it takes work to like a grapefruit. Yeah. It's like beer. You have to train your taste buds to like it. It's, and and no coincidence that now they put grapefruit in beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? A, a uh, Rattler or, or no, not a shinny. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm just thinking of, um, I can't remember the name of it, but I I know that Ballast there's a grapefruit Point. IPA that I what's Ballast that po Ballast Point I think yeah right? could yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely a grapefruit IPA that I've had at Brewfest before right all right um well this is kind of related to seasonality fruit but I was thinking about um about you know isolation and quarantine and you know staying home and all of that stuff and. I wonder if it if it will make everybody more patient overall, because, you know, we can't have the things we want. We can't do the things we want. We have to just kind of sit and wait. And it makes me wonder if maybe everybody's finding a patience that they had forgotten. Right. Do you think that's too optimistic of an attitude? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think we're 
we're a country of of uh, amnesia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. once time passes, everybody will go back to their usual assholery and be <laughs> impatient and be fucking dicks and pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's awesome now. Like people seem like more cheerful and, and talkative. If you're, if you're out walking, people say, hi, it's pretty cool. But I mean, I really think that'll be short lived. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, what it made me think of as I was thinking about this was um, this song by Arcade Fire called We Used to Wait. Mm-hmm. And the entire song is about how you used to wait to receive a letter in the mail and how like, you know, you you didn't have this like immediate correspondence back and forth with people. And, you know, the 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 refrain of the song we used to wait for it we used to wait for it you know and that's what the song is about just kind of like i don't know if it's romanticizing or whatever the idea that like sometimes waiting for things is is good and there's some benefit from patience you know um which reminds me of gnr <laughs> just a little patience <laughs> yeah <laughs> which we we need we need to start a youtube channel for no other reason than to post a video of you as axel rose uh, you did that at, at some wedding we were at i don't remember which one but it was an all-time classic of you like <laughs> like you can do that part of Absolutely. a few all- <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah yeah i've uh been part of a few wedding uh <laughs> performances <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well you as axel rose doing patience is is among although actually i think the gold standard is you and adam doing uh, Devil came down to Georgia. Is yeah, that uh huh. <laughs> that was so awesome. It just happened to happened to work out very well. Like it was almost choreographed. It but looked it was like it. you guys had been working on that. Yeah. Like, and this was like you know, fifteen, seventeen years ago, something like that. Before mm-hmm. like the phenom- before YouTube even existed. Yeah. But before the phenomenon of like, you know, wedding parties doing like these choreographed dances on YouTube. Yeah. And like you and Adam just break into <laughs> the like he, choreographed thing of Devil Came Down to Georgia. He had when it f- first came on, he had no interest in coming out to the dance floor. But he <laughs> after like ten seconds I pulled him out there. And the rest is history. <laughs> It was just like all systems go, man. Yeah. It was, oh, I just remember watching this and being like, what the hell am I watching? Like, how did they not tell us they've been working on this for weeks? But like, it wasn't, it was completely spur of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, that was awesome. Oh man. I, I oh, I wish, 
I, is there a video of that? No, no, I don't think so. Oh man. Stupid smartphones should have been invented earlier. Cause that, I mean that, that, that's, that's like a 20 million hit YouTube video for sure. (laughs) It was great. It just lives on in our dreams, I guess. Yep. And you know, the other thing about waiting, like, um, I always think about this biography of John Adams that I, that I read years ago, like six or seven years ago, where they reprinted some letters between him and his wife. And he spent years in France as like the ambassador to, for the United States, like before it was a country. And he wrote this thing about, you know, oh, if there was only like some magical thing that could send me across the ocean to see you instead of waiting to see you like six months for the ship or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that thing exists now. And it's an airplane, you know, he couldn't even, he, he he was just, it was just like a fantasy for him, you know? But in the meantime, I'm going to bone a few French hookers. (laughs) 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 That's what John Adams did. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, French support for the war wasn't the only thing he brought back from France for Abigail. (laughs) Do you think like waiting is relative and so... Oh, it completely is. Like, I'm sure people, people in the like twenties, were they like longing for the Pony Express? I mean, is it like instead of the mail system, or and yeah. and did uh, Morse code when it came out was that like instantaneous? I mean, it was like. Holy shit, man, I'm getting this message like real time. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, really, you know, you're closing gaps of miles that people could never close before, you know, at least not without a lot of effort. But I think, you know, part of what that Arcade Fire song does and part of what your point about the 1920s longing for Pony Express. And I think even, you know, people and I'm guilty of it people who you know kind of bemoan social media and people always being on their phones and whatever like part of what you are longing for is like the quote simpler time Mm. you know that when life was slower and less complicated and but like people forget like it, it it was just different bullshit like people's lives are always complicated right it's just what are they going to be complicated about you know and like, I, 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 I thought of this, you know, when, um, you know, reading, reading this article about how people are stressed in this, you know, quarantine and like, um, you know, not knowing what's going to happen and just feeling so overwhelmed and like, it's the same lives, the same feelings that people were having before they were just having the feelings about different things people were stressed before people were overwhelmed before people were consumed with dread before, but it was just different things. So like, don't act like this idea of being stuck in your house and not knowing what's going to happen. And like all of this uncertainty is causing all of these uneasy feelings in you. Like people had these uneasy feelings before. So it's just a different thing that, that people, the, the all encompassing people are worried about. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of it is that they have more uh, opportunity to dwell on those things right. also. And, and right. it just compounds it and intensifies it. So, I mean, usually before they can probably, like it was more maybe maybe in the back of their heads as they're occupied or not brought to the forefront as often, but now it's just like constantly there, whatever their issue is. And yeah. Right. I mean, you know, we, we like to be distracted. Right. And I think that's, you know, a large part of what social media is and a large part of what our entire economy is, is like distracting us with the new shiny thing or with, you know, the information on social media or whatever, distracting us from whatever is bothering us in our lives or whatever we have to face or whatever we have to do. Right. And, you know, social media obviously still exists, but when you're just sitting in your home and it's dangerous to leave your home or you're not seeing very many people, there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of distractions. So then you're just, you, you don't have any other choice but to sit there and kind of stew in everything, you know, or maybe not mm-hmm. stew in it, but confront it or think about it or whatever. So, you know, that kind of, um, it's kind of understandable why people would feel more stressed if they don't have the distraction of day-to-day life. But, you know, I'm just as guilty of it because I, I've, I spent a lot of time alone but I spent a lot of time trying not to be alone too, mm-hmm. where I, you know, just, okay, well, I'll, I'm going to go do a grocery order just so I have something to take my mind off of it. Or, you know, just so I can get out of the house or I'm going to, you know, whatever. And it's just like, all right, well, you know, just sitting there and, and, and absorbing it all, it, it can be kind of maddening. So it's understandable for sure. But yeah, I don't know if uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you that I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily going to make us more patient. It would be nice if it did. And if you saw like, you know, fewer incidents of road rage and fewer incidents of if people were just more understanding, but it's probably just wishful thinking. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I would hope it wouldn't be but i think that is just the reality so yeah well i one thing that kind of struck me is that i went to my dad's house um i don't know one day this week to help him to move some furniture for him and i went like at the end of my work day at like five o'clock and on the way out there there was construction and I ran into a little traffic jam and it occurred to me that was the first time I've had to deal with traffic in over two months, which is usually (laughs) a daily occurrence of sitting in traffic going to and from work. Right. And it was like, it was like one of those things like, Oh geez, I like, I didn't even, I've thought about like loving not doing the commute, but I didn't think about the actual like mechanics of just sitting there in traffic and not having to do it. You know, it's pretty great. I, I'm, I'm in no hurry to get back to it. That's for sure. Right. Did you, so were you 
shocked that there was traffic or because I've heard because because I kind of had that happen last week. I was driving to Portage for work and I hopped on um, 94 and I'm driving and they're doing road construction. Now, for the past couple of months, I, I had mentioned on here, I've been uh, driving driving in a uh, um, uh, accelerated fashion. And <laughs> <laughs> while those days are gone because there are cops like crawling around everywhere now, but yeah. I was shocked because there were cones up and barriers and I'm like right. thinking like, wait, hang on a second. There's something <laughs> weird happening. And, and then I'm like, yeah. Oh shit. It's summer. It's summer in Northwest Indiana. Yeah. It's construction season. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, 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 I was a little bit surprised by the construction and I was a lot surprised by the traffic and I was a little embarrassed at my own reaction to it. Cause it didn't take long for me to, to just go to like, what the hell is this? Come on. Why right. are we sitting here? You know? And like that whole patience thing that I was talking about, like that, you know, that evaporated pretty quickly when I'm just sitting there and I want to be driving. Well, so, well, when you have that happen again, you can just listen to your inner axle. Oh, <laughs> we all have him we all have an inner axle where you know we get crazy at times we you know whatever but we can preach to ourselves just a little patience just a little pay yeah and may- maybe get the whole like uh you know foot slide thing going or yeah <laughs> the best yes axle rose man oh man if you don't remember what we're talking about, then you need to, you need to get, you know, on your music carrier of choice and listen to patience by guns and roses and be prepared to be amazed and, um, listen to it over and over again. So you don't ever forget how great it is. Doesn't that seem odd to, because there are probably, people out there that uh, the song is quote unquote so old that there right. might be people out th- like to us it's like dude everybody has heard it but but in reality right. i mean everybody has not heard it and that's it's, yeah there's I mean, such a strange concept to me when it comes to to uh music yeah yeah, I mean, for me, it's not just music, but, it, you know, in a, in a lot of things, like I just had the, the realization today that my son is actually taller than me. Like mm-hmm. we, we took a picture and back to back and he's actually taller than me. And like it, it obviously has been apparent for months that that was going to happen, but it just makes me feel old. Like I remember when this kid was like, you know, born and now he's over six feet tall and taller than me. And it's just like a reminder, you know, time keeps, keeps going on. And, you know, did you hear like 
cats in the cradle in your head. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily not, because the guy in that song is a pretty shitty dad. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, uh, hopefully that's not the case. That would be like, you have him beat. Yeah. Hopefully. Because like, what the fuck else do I have? I have, you know, I, I have to be a good dad or that's it. You know, what else do I have to show for anything? Like if I, I'm putting all my eggs in this goddamn fatherhood basket. And if they end up and end up relating to cats in the cradle, then Jesus, I'm really screwed. That should just be the end of it. But thanks for giving me another thing to worry about. Jesus. Right. At least I won't be worried about at least I won't be worried about quarantine anymore. I'll be worried about right. being a two-bit father. <laughs> quarantine stress now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be longing for the days when I just had to like stay inside when when I just had to worry about staying inside my house and you know not infecting anybody. Right. Oh God. <clears throat> But yes, you know, I, I think about it all the time with um, every time, because like the idea that 1990 was 30 years ago mm-hmm. is just like crazy to right. me. It you is. Know? And, you know, Dean the other night mentioned that Miracle Beach was made like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it certainly doesn't seem like it's been 30 years since we were obsessed with that movie, but it just about has been, you know. So um, I don't know. You know that I, I wanted to ask him about this the other night, and I, I, I didn't obviously. But it, it before the interview, I was thinking about that Brewster's Millions incident with me that we talked about a couple months ago oh, yeah. about how I was so sure that this scene was in Brewster's Millions and it wasn't, mm-hmm. and the idea of whether the stories you tell are ac- actually come from memories of the events or memories of telling the stories. And, you know, like he's, he's telling these stories from 30 or 40 years ago of when he first got to Hollywood or, you know, 10 years ago from when he's having lunch with the always sunny in Philadelphia guys. But like, does he really remember those events or does he remember that this is the story that I tell and now I'm going to tell this story, you know? And I, it's something that I thought a lot about the past couple months, like what is memory and what do I actually remember and what, what are, what are events that I remember and what are stories that I remember? Right, man. Dude, that Brewster's Millions really fucked you up. <laughs> yeah. It re- I like can't it's made you question you. like your whole memory system. It really has. It, it <clears throat> like not, I, not to put too much importance on that one thing, but like I always pride myself in having a good memory. Right. No, no, I, mean, hear like, I hear you. So it's, it's really like, okay, if, if I think that I have a good memory and I was so sure about this one movie and that wasn't the case, then what the hell do I know about anything? Right. You know, like I, I have this, I have this memory of, of when I was like eight years old and like being in a tree up in a tree in, in my front yard with three other kids while one kid beats up another kid in the tree. And did that happen how I think that it happened or did it happen how I've told myself the story year after year, after year, after year, every time I think about it, you know, and 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm that's I'm I'm glad that you you know you and I have a thirty year history, so I can tell you something, and you can be like, eh, that's not how it happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you know, I don't know. Who knows what kind of stories? You know, I I, I don't think we've. I don't think we've had any examples of that really where our memories have differed too much, but right. I we're usually, usually on the same page. Maybe a few details are, are, right. are corrected by you or I. And I mean, but maybe that's why, maybe that's why we get it right is because there's another person to bounce that stuff off. of. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Bruce, Brewster's millions was just something that I hadn't thought about in, you know, 25 years or what, or, you know, that I had thought about, but I hadn't seen in 25 years. So it just got corrupted in my mind somehow. I don't know. But, um, anyway. All right. So, the, okay. Well, this, this will lead into another, this, this whole thing reminded this thing I'm about to talk about reminded me of a, a good story that you and I have. Do you ever get, well, I'm not going to ask the question. I'm just going to tell you what's been happening lately. Okay. So I, there's this, there's this um, professor at where I work who I talk to all the time, usually daily. And in quarantine, he usually comes into the office and we talk. And in quarantine, he has been calling me every day and Sometimes we'll be on the phone for like 20 minutes at a time. Sometimes it's only a few minutes, but he calls me just about every single workday and we talk and he's an old guy. He's a film buff. He's, we usually have something good to talk about. He tells horrendous jokes. Sometimes they're good. Some most, most sometimes not, but, um, he, one of the things he teaches is film criticism. And he mentioned this movie weeks ago, uh, called The Conversation, which is, I think it's a Francis Ford Coppola movie and Gene Hackman is the star. So he talked about it like, I want to say like early April. And since then, okay, have you ever heard of this movie? No, I have not. Okay, me neither. And like, I love Gene Hackman. He's been in some really cool shit. He's, he's a good actor. I like a lot of the stuff that he's done. So that was part of the reason why I remembered The Conversation. Well, he talked about it. And then like a week later, I saw this article in like the Atlantic or Esquire or something that was talking about like forgotten movies that you should take the time to watch during quarantine. And the conversation was on there. And then um, the other night when I was watching, when I turned on Hollywood Palms, before I got to Hollywood Palms, which was just on the YouTube app on my television, there was like a list of movies that you could watch, a list of movie, like, it's not like, not like HBO and the movie channel, but like this other like internet movie channel. And one of the movie that was on was The Conversation with Gene Hackman. Okay. And I was like, okay, this is mentioned again. And then yesterday or this morning, I don't remember when, I was listening to this WTF uh, podcast from 2012 where they interviewed, he was talking to Paul Feig who directed Bridesmaids and um, Ghostbusters and some other movies. And 
Paul Feig mentioned the conversation with Gene Hackman. So like, and that's from 2012. And I just so happened to be listening to it today. So like in the ma- in the in the span of like six weeks, the conversation has come up like four times. This movie that I've never heard of, and it's it's coming up in like all of these different like settings and scenarios and things. And it just like it makes me crazy how like you cannot know something and then all of a sudden it just appears everywhere. I I, th- I think the universe is telling you to watch this movie <laughs> i know right that's what i was like after elliot mentioned it i was like all right that sounds good i'll i'll check it out and then like after i saw it in in the atlantic or whatever i was like okay the you know and but now like i'm okay i really have to sit down and watch this movie but um you know and and like around that same time that that elliot talked about it well, no, I guess it was a few weeks before that I was on that like little seventies movie binge when I was watching like King King of Marvin Gardens and um, you know the the other like Jack Nicholson movies from the seventies. So, um, but what it reminded me of with you and I was all apologies. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit is right. <laughs> so. All right, let's test my memory here and let me tell the story and see if I get it right. Okay, okay. right. I don't think we've talked about this on here before, but it's a, it's a great story. So freshman year of college, 96, 97, we're living together at Valparaiso University. And we're driving back late at night from somewhere. And you just out of the blue say... Okay, all apologies by Nirvana comes on the radio, and this is a this is a song that so this is like ninety six or ninety seven, mm-hmm. and this is a song that was on Unplugged in New York by Nirvana in like which was released in like ninety two or ninety three. So it wasn't in regular radio play at that point, and because you're a madman who does crazy shit and makes crazy proclamation right (laughs) Right. (laughs) you said something like i don't remember the exact numbers but something like if i hear this song eight times in the next week i'm going to die yes yes i yeah it was either like five or eight because it was yeah i loved that song i still love it and it's not yeah i mean at the time it wasn't in heavy radio play as uh uh as i recollect and the funny thing is is that we owned owned the albums and could have just played it on cd whenever we we wanted to but no lateness took over but the whole point was was not hearing it on the radio often right and and like, just, just to be clear, like you didn't say I'm going to die. Like, Oh God, if that happens, I'm going to die. No, you, right, you right, said right. I was you, serious. Like, I just, I'm literally going yeah. to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you had some like message from the great beyond yeah. that said, okay, <laughs> you're going to die. Uh-huh. And so, so then over the next week, we end up hearing that song. Like, 
repeatedly a number of times uh, in like a variety of situations that are that like it, it it's like why are we hearing this song so much right and we shouldn't have been hearing it as much as we were and you had put like i don't know if you had said like within the next exactly seven days or if you had put like a time limit on it or something right but there was there was definitely like an expiration time mm-hmm. that like this had to happen by like, you know, 1 AM on Wednesday or something mm-hmm. like that. And you were, <laughs> you, you were one radio play short going into like, just for arguments, like, let's just say it was 1 AM Wednesday. Yeah. Like Tuesday night, you were one radio play short. Right. And then and like I was like, all right, like we're not going to listen to the radio. It's not going to play. He's not going to hear it. He's not going to die. Great. Like it's it's a weird <laughs> thing, but like whatever. And then for some reason, you were going to bed uh, on the a rare time. You were going to bed early, and you had to get up early, and your alarm clock broke, or it wouldn't set, or something. So. At like midnight, you had to run out to Walmart to buy a new alarm clock. And like, I didn't put this together when you were like, I got to go to Walmart and get a new alarm clock. Cause like, you know, this is 96, 97. We don't have cell phones. Like you woke up with an alarm clock, Mm -hmm. a clock radio and you headed out to Walmart and, and like a few minutes after you left, I was like, oh shit. It's almost time. He's going to hear all apologies on the radio. He's going to get in a car accident and die. Like, I was like so worried. And like, genuinely felt such a sense of relief. So, when you came back to the dorm room and you didn't die. So, do you, do you remember when we actually heard it? when we shouldn't have because i think i, mean, I remember you heard it i remember because a specific time like a couple days before that where <laughs> we were coming back late again from somewhere yeah i think a cubs were, game actually it might have been yeah you were asleep in the front seat yes yes and i was driving and it came on. To try to change the channel before you heard it. Yeah. The guy you woke up from the bed seat and you're like, was that all apologies? <laughs> is that right? That is that is exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> My eyes just like popped open. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, right. I don't know why I would make some. Well, I know why, because I'm not right in the head always. But like, (laughs) what a great, like, crazy proclamation. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just so out of the blue and so, like, ridiculous that it was like, why would he even say that? And then to just, like, have it, like as it started coming, as we started listening to hearing it more and more over the next few days, it was just like, Oh shit. Right. Like, why are we hearing this so much, man? 
but that's kind of what it has felt like with the conversation lately, right. the, the Gene Hackman movie, where it's just like, why does this keep coming up? I've never heard of this before, and it just keeps coming up. But well, well, in the um, next few days, you should watch it. I think. Yeah, I'll try to. I'll try to watch it and report back, and maybe is it'll, it? You know, is it? Some great his, awakening or something. Is it uh one of his older movies from the seventies or eighties or? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's a seventies movie. I think it was around like you know the French Connection time. Like okay. you know, I think French Connection was like seventy two or something, and this is like seventy four, seventy five. I think. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I'm sure it's something that I'll like, and I I you know I look forward to watching it, but I just haven't. But you know, it keeps coming up so much. I think. I think I'm just going to have to break down and watch it. I um, think so. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to report back. Um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of another band, th- this isn't, this isn't my story, but th- this is a story I've heard a couple times and I heard it again as I was driving tonight and I just have to relay it because it's such a great story. And I laughed so hard. Okay, you know Bobcat Goldthwait, right? He's he was uh yep. police academy and uh you know that was mm-hmm. a character he was playing and you know he's a film director and whatever, stand-up comedian, longtime stand-up comedian. So he and this guy are this is back in the eighties, are doing this festival in Atlanta. And he's doing stand-up. And in the middle of his stand-up set, uh, somebody from the back of like somebody from the lawn just like starts yelling Skinnerd as in Leonard Skinnerd. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> and you know, he ignores it at first and then like more people yell at it and it's interrupting his set and it like really pisses him off. So he just goes on this tirade and talks about like, Skinnerd is dead. Leonard Skinnerd is dead. They're not here. And even if they could be here, they wouldn't be here because they're dead. And like, just went on this, like, you know, long tirade about how Leonard Skinnerd is dead and shut the hell up because nobody cares about a dead band and they weren't that good. And like, they're dead. And the guy telling the story said that Bobcat Goldthwait must have said dead like a hundred times, you know, just like on and on about Leonard Skinnerd being dead. And then. <laughs> From the front row, okay. So the the guy in the the guy in the his partner who who's doing the show with him is in the back, and a guy comes up to him and says, "You you have to go out there and and get Bobcat off the stage." And he's like, "Why?" And he's like, "The surviving members of Leonard Skinner are here tonight." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, because like Bobcat Goldthwait is my best friend, but he's on his own tonight. I'm not getting involved <laughs> in that. <laughs> So Bobcat just keeps going on talking about how Leonard Skinner is dead. And then he sees out of the corner of his eye, some like, you know, bearded dudes, bearded, tough looking bearded dudes, like climb up on the stage and Bobcat, you know, strays from his character and yells to the backstage, like Jimmy, get the driver and start the car. (laughs) (laughs) 
gives the microphone to the Leonard Skinner guys and runs off stage. And they get in the car and drive off and he doesn't even finish his set. Holy and the other guy doesn't even get to go on. They just totally bailed because they thought the Leonard Skinner guys were going to kick the shit out of him. Because <laughs> he was so hardcore about Leonard Skinner being dead. Wow. Yeah. And it, like, it's one of those stories that, like, it, it's so bizarre that I, I, I question whether it was true or not. But I heard it from both Bobcat Goldthwait and the other guy told the like same exact story like in in separate episodes <laughs> so like it seems like a legit story like can you just imagine like you're just railing against this band and then like the surviving members come up and they're actually <laughs> like there yeah. asshole. <laughs> what are the odds of that no kidding like you would not think that they just happen to show up you know oh we're just right. here to see some comedy you know oh man I'm sure that was the end of his railing against Leonard Skinnerd. Yeah, probably. Or I mean, uh, where did this happen at? Like, what town? Atlanta. Oh, okay, Atlanta. And and that's what he said. That's what Bobcat said was that like you know you expect you know once you're once you're in the South, people are going to be obsessed with Leonard Skinnerd. You know, so like you know, nobody's yelling out Skinner if it's a show in, you know, Wisconsin or something, you know, right. it's a Southern band. It's, it makes sense that they're obsessed with them down there. But, uh, I just, both times I heard that story, I was just, it's just so incredible. I love well, it. Like, I wonder whether he did that bit in like LA or New York or whatever, just, uh, yeah. Try it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. That would uh, just so. Oh, <laughs> I I love like Bobcat Goldthwait. Like I didn't realize that. I mean, I guess I could have guessed that his whole character was just a character and not like mm-hmm. how he actually was. But just listening to real live interviews of that guy, he's even funnier than his character was. Like he's he's hilarious. But anyway. Are you drinking anything tonight? Um, I am not actually. I had some uh, beer earlier and uh, um, having water now. So, so yeah. This is the first. This is the first episode in quite some time that neither of us have been drinking anything. I know uh, you were drinking earlier, right? But not right now. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. I had some beer before this. We're recording a little earlier. I had some some time at the beach and and a few mm-hmm. beers then. But this um, is a rarity. Drink I, while recording, right? Where both of us have not. It's uh, been months, probably. Probably one yeah, of the I the so. uh, the uh, earlier episodes when you came over at like 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Well, it just go- goes to show that uh, our entertainment doesn't rely on alcohol. We're no. just entertaining as us. Absolutely. But if you had a drink, well, so you would have a night. So I'm having water and some ginger ale and the ginger ale was graced by laying ice and uh i mean it made it extra cold and um i mean definitely 
made my drink happy, thus thus making my mouth happy. And you're good to go. Yes, absolutely. That that's why that's why they're uh, they're a longtime sponsor, along with our new sponsor, Hollywood Palms. <laughs> yeah. Dean Cameron. Yes. <laughs> go watch Hollywood Palms. You'll be glad you did. All right. That's episode 43 in the books. Tell your friends how much you like it and how awesome we are. And, uh, and come back on Thursday for another brand new episode. And uh, enjoy your Memorial Day responsibly. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.